Today on Locked on A's, we are taking a look at two of the worst positions for the A's, how they can make an upgrade in 2023, who's in line in terms of prospects, and then a couple of guys that I think that the A's could theoretically actually go after this winter. Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 472 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we are going over third base and right field, the A's two worst positions in 2022. Who's currently in line to be the, the opening day starter at those positions? Who could be challenging them in spring training? Who's ready behind them in the minors? And then we're going to be taking a look at Two free agents, trade targets, question mark, uh, that could be available to the A's and could be nice pieces to have for the 2023 season that could offer some stability in this lineup and make them a little bit better of a baseball team. But uh, before we get into anything, thank you so much for making the Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. That includes YouTube, so go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on social media, at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at ByJasonB on Twitter. And also, uh, if you've missed the last couple of episodes, we have a, a new site coming out. And by we, I mean I. I have a new site coming out covering the A's. Uh, it's going to be affiliated with Sports Illustrated. I'm very excited about this opportunity. So if you could go ahead and follow that site at Inside the A's or just at me at by Jason B. It'll be a lot of the same content. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited. So that's going to be up and running probably beginning of next week. So get excited. Uh, I'll be sharing the links. I'll be talking about it more on the show. But please visit the site when it gets ready because uh, it's going to be a good time. But yesterday, we took a look at how the A's performed offensively and defensively and where they ranked at every position on the field. We, we didn't do pitchers, but we'll do that at some other point. Not yet. But it was a lot of information and a lot of numbers that were being thrown out there. So today, I wanted to draw a little bit more attention to a couple of positions that the A's could upgrade at this winter with those numbers from yesterday's podcast in mind. The A's weren't necessarily sterling at any position outside of catcher, but if they ranked around 21st, which they did at a few spots, uh, I think that's manageable heading into next season. And then you hope for a little bit better production offensively uh, and sometimes defensively from guys like Nick Allen and Dermis Garcia and Jordan Diaz as they develop at the big league level. And you hope to get into the middle of the pack as you keep rebuilding. That's kind of the hope for 2023 is see what happens there. Maybe you catch lightning in a bottle with a few guys. And hey, maybe you're kind of sort of challenging for a playoff spot but probably not. only because there's more playoff spots, not because they're necessarily going to be a great team, but because there's more opportunity. That's why. Uh, but the worst position for the A's was at third base, uh, where they ranked 28th in wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs, and 29th in WRC Plus with a 63, that is 37% below league average because 100 is league average, and they were well below that. So uh, third base, 
kind of sucked. Uh, so let's start there by taking a look at the options that the A's have currently heading into spring training. Vimy Almachin finished the season with a 77 WRC+, plus, so a lot better than the A's as a whole at third base, but he was still 23% below league average, and that was in 73 games played. But he really came on down the stretch, posting a 94 WRC+. Plus. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about his new bat that he... He didn't steal it from Ramon Laureano, but he, he basically was like, hey, I like this bet. Can I have it? And Ramon's like, I don't like it. Go ahead. And then he, he posted a 94 WRC+. plus. He was almost league average, and that is a big jump. If you're going from 63 to 94, that's a that's a heck of a leap. And I think that a 94 WRC+, plus is a guy that could start at third base for the A's in 2023. But that all said, his defense, at least according to outs above average, which is the defensive metric that baseball savant uses, uh, that, that left something to be desired because he posted a negative five. So Vilmiel Machin could be a league average bat with a very below average uh, league average at glove at third base. So you, you kind of see, I don't know what, what's going on there. His main competition, or maybe his toughest competition right now that the A's have uh, coming up in spring of 2023 would be this season's opening day third baseman, Kevin Smith. And we already saw Smith excel defensively at third base at the big league level, but his bat just wasn't cutting it like at either level, either in the majors or at AAA until September in Las Vegas, where he hit 365 with a 405 on base and an 1184 OPS. That is a really, that's a sterling OPS. That is a fantastic month that he just posted. He smacked 11 home runs in 25 games and half of his 38 hits in the month were for extra bases. He unlocked a different level. I don't know if it's a different level that's going to be continuing in next season, and that will be the determining factor, potentially, on who's going to be starting at third base for the Oakland A's. Uh, they could go out and look for a third base option on the free agent market, but I think that these two should provide a pretty good battle in Mesa when the time comes, because uh, the free agent market is a lot of guys like Evan Longoria and top tier, or like Justin uh, Justin Turner, who's like 37, 38. He's on the Dodgers. He's not going to sign with the A's, so it's a lot of guys that definitely would wouldn't sign with the A's uh, or cost too much money or don't have any upside and are already over 30. And what are you going to be building with that guy anyway? So that's basically the free agent crop that the A's are working with here. Uh, but behind these two in the minors, you got the A's number three prospect, Zach Geloff, as an option for a little bit later in the season, though he's been playing second base in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, so that could be where the long-term plans for him lie. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if that's necessarily going to be an all-the-time thing, but it seemed like that's where he was playing also in uh, AAA Vegas. He was also at second base, so maybe he's going to be the second baseman of the future for the A's and not the third baseman of the future for the Oakland A's. Uh, there's also Jordan Diaz, uh, the guy that they threw at second base because why the heck not with a couple of weeks left in the season, and he is way more experienced at third base than at second and could get some playing time at the hot corner on occasion, but I don't see him being a regular over there, so I'm not sure that there's really a lot of high-intensity competition going on between outside of Vimy Almachin and Kevin Smith from within the organization right now. It would have to be somebody that got brought in either on a minor league free agent deal or a rule five draftee or something like that. The main high level guy in the mix for 
Actual playing time down the road, though, is probably going to be Brett Harris, the A's number 16 prospect and seventh round draft pick in 2021. He played in 84 games in AA Midland this season, and he showed that he could pick it and swing it. He is a complete third baseman, a complete baseball player, and uh, he's... He's a lot of fun to watch, especially with the glove. Uh, at the plate, he hit 286 with a 361 on base and 10 home runs. His K rate, which is something that I've been harping on of late, uh, especially with some of the A's recent waiver claims at the end of the season, uh, they're getting a lot of guys that don't strike out as much, and Brett Harris was striking out just 17.2% of the time. That's that's good. Granted, it was in AA, but that's good. And even though he's 24 years old, that's still impressive for someone in their first full season of pro ball and their first taste of AA. Harris will either get a month to obliterate AA again to begin 2023 before moving up to Las Vegas, or he'll start off in AAA Vegas and be in competition with either Machine or Kevin Smith to get a call to Oakland. Uh, wh whoever doesn't get the third base job, may end up in Vegas, and so they'll be competing for who's going to be the next guy called up if an injury occurs or if somebody's slumping or a change needs to be made. And that's the competition that I think that I'm I'm interested in that. So whoever wins during spring training, great. And then there's going to be a, a lower competition in the minor leagues between Brett Harris and whoever loses. And uh, that's going to be the next guy that gets the call to Oakland. Again, I could see the A's swooping up a minor league free agent that could play some third base uh, that they see something in because that's kind of what they did in 2022 uh, just to give them a, another option or two. Maybe they maybe they get a couple of these guys. We're going to have to wait until the World Series is over. So hurry up and win this dang thing. I don't know. Mariners, Padres, whoever. Um, but for now, these are the main contenders for third base. And I think that it's a good starting point. I know Vimeo Machin is... A, he, he's an acquired taste. I like him. He makes contact. He he can hit a decent amount. But if Kevin Smith is hitting at all like he did in the month of September during spring training, it's his job to lose. And he's got a glove over there. And I'm intrigued to see what Kevin Smith can do again. I don't know. I was all in on him this season and he made me look foolish. But I'm intrigued to to do it again, why not? It's kind of like being an A's fan. You, you just uh, set yourself up for failure every time. But hey, maybe this year something's going to be different. I don't know. Anyways, coming up, we're talking about right field and what the A's can do and who's in line to be the starting right fielder for the Oakland A's and who's in the minors. What can they do to improve in right field? It feels like every time I have to get dressed up, I need to go out and find a new shirt that makes me feel comfortable because my body is always changing and it is hard to feel sexy with just whatever's in my closet and I have to go out and buy a new dress shirt every time I need to put on a tie. The dress shirt was due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. Roan's commuter shirt is the most comfortable, breathable, and flexible shirt known to man, and here is why. Roan's comfortable four-way stretch fabric provides breathability and flexibility that leaves you free to enjoy what life throws your way from your commute to work to your 18 holes of golf to talking about the A's in a microphone. It's time to feel confident with a wrinkle-free shirt without the hassle. With Roan's wrinkle release technology, wrinkles disappear as you stretch and wear the shirt. It's that 
Easy. With Gold Fusion Anti-Odor Technology, you'll be smelling fresh and clean all day long. And on top of that, Roan is 100% machine washable, so you can ditch the dry cleaner altogether. That sounds great, because uh, I hate going to the dry cleaner. I'm like, hey, I could wear that shirt. No, I'm not going to. It's going to be dirty forever because I'm going to avoid the dry cleaner. Anyways, the commuter shirt can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash locked on and use locked on as your code. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram at Inside the A's also on Twitter. That's a blog, though, so that's that's fun. Uh, and also, I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community at Locked On A's. Pose a question in there. Make some friends with some A's fans and have a blast this offseason. But let's talk about right field because right field was one one of the worst positions for the A's in 2022, at least in terms of ranking among the field. The A's ranked 24th in war and 26th in WRC plus with an 86. Uh, an 86 WRC plus isn't awful by any means. That's 14% below league average. There were worse overall positions for the A's, but uh, they still ranked 26th. So it feels like you could improve a little bit in your right field productivity there. And I've already said a few times on the pod that I think that Ramon Laureano is going to be traded for whatever the A's can get him for him this winter uh, instead of hoping that he rebounds at the same time that he's creeping closer and closer to the age of 30, which makes that which hurts his value in itself. So I think that they're going to trade him and see, see what else they got. Cause I don't know that he's going to be part of the next contending team for the A's, but even if they do trade Loriano, they may have their in-house solution already on the club. And that is in late season edition, Connor capable. Uh, that's, that's my nickname for him. If you didn't listen to yesterday, you're going to be very lost. It's Connor capable, Connor capable, but I call him Connor capable because he's capable of doing it. He could do whatever he wants. He's fantastic. He broke up a no-hitter. Who else did that? Nobody. <laughs> uh, anyways, Cable, he posted a 0.7 war in just 13 games played. And uh, granted, he had some big hits and finished the season with the A's batting 371 with a 1025 OPS. I don't think that he's going to be replicating those stats over a full season. But he did also post one out above average, according to Baseball Savant. So at that rate, even if he only only played 130 games next season with that defensive production holding steady it what regardless of what he does with the bat with that defensive production holding steady he'd end up with 10 outs above average uh for the entirety of the year and be one of the top three right fielders in the game heck the the one out above average that he posted has him as a top 10 right fielder already and he played 13 games for the a's so that's the kind of player that you could be hopefully banking on, not banking on, but you know, uh, you're going to see what he can do at the beginning of 2023. I think the Connor Capel is the guy in right field to start the season as of right now, at the very least, um, because he, he did it. He, he took those last few weeks and he, he showed what he could do and he did it. 
that that's what I was saying that that, that last month was, I know that we were approaching 100 losses and all of the bad things that were happening, you know, big story line wise. But I on the podcast, I tried to have you guys focus on what this means to the players that are on the roster and what they could do with playing well that last few weeks. And Connor Capel, he, he did well. And so I think that he made the most of his opportunity. And I think that he's going to reap some of those rewards come spring training and into opening day of next season and be on the A's opening day roster. I'm not sure if he was on the Cardinals opening day roster, but it might be his first opening day roster. So that would be a huge thing for him. I'd have to double check and see if this is his first opening day roster. It would be his first opening day roster. It's not a guarantee, but from my vantage point, I think that right field is capable to lose heading into 2023. Uh, But just because it was a, a poor spot for the A's. I, I want to take a look at the free agent market because it's uh, it's also pretty barren in right field. Uh, you got Mitch Hanniger likely to sign somewhere that he can potentially win. And I don't know that the A's are going to be in that in his window because he's already over the age of 30. Uh, and then the rest of the guys are guys like Tyler Naquin, who was fine, I guess. He, he got traded. He, he didn't have the same season in 2022 that he did in like 2020 or 2021. Uh, so... No, probably. Uh, then you got Jorge Soler, Cole Calhoun, who's very old, and he only does well against the A's. I don't know that he would do well for the A's, but he has also played for almost all of the American League West teams, aside from the Astros. So maybe he has to complete his journey and actually play for the A's at some point. Uh, and then you got Chad Pender and Steve Miscotti. And while I love Chad Pender and Steve Miscotti, nobody on this list really has me screaming, we need that guy. He's he's the answer in right field. So kind of makes me think that uh, it's it's Connor Capable is going to be the guy. The one exception to, to this rule of guys that are potentially free agents uh, could be Will Myers. I know that he's in the playoffs right now and he's probably going to go to a different team and you wouldn't fall to the A's. But, uh, and he's also owed, he has a $20 million option for 2023 and the A's aren't, if he's making anywhere near that, no. But uh, if the Padres decline that option, which I think could be likely because that's a lot of money for Will Myers, uh, I I doubt that he's going to be getting money at that level. So that gives me some hope that he could just be a free agent. Maybe the Padres try to re-sign him for less money. I don't know. But uh, if he's in the one-year, two-year range of a contract, and if he's going for a one- or a two-year deal, and looking at maybe 15 to $20 million total, he could potentially be a fit for the Oakland A's. Um, he's a solid defender that has a track record of being at least league average, which is basically what the A's are going for. It's just a bunch of league average guys. That's what contenders want. It's just league average guys. That's all. That's you want a, a 100 WRC plus or a 100 OPS plus. That is that is the goal. And so having a guy like Will Myers who has been around, he's done some stuff. He's been in the playoffs. He's he's got some experience that I think would be valuable to the A's, um, I, I think that he would be a guy that you, you actually consider if you're the Oakland A's and he is still sitting around for some reason uh, a little bit later into the offseason. I doubt that he falls to the A's, but he's a guy that I would definitely consider if he were to be available. Uh, but let's move on to the minor league options for some some other options that could be capable in their own right. Uh, first up, we got Michael Goldberg, and he had a solid season in the minors uh, after getting drafted by the A's in the third round of 2020. In 52 games with Midland this season, he hit 277 with a 353 on base, and he struck out just 18.3% of the time. That's important to me now, so that's I'm going to keep saying that. He's also part of the representatives that the A's sent to the Arizona Fall League. Uh, That said, he has spent most of his time in the minors in center field, but 
I don't like. I know that like if you're playing second base, you're probably going to be a second baseman. But if you're playing center field, uh, to me that means you can basically play any of the three outfield positions. So that doesn't rule him out at right field. But maybe they're trying to groom him to be more of a center field type, and maybe he can be like a fourth outfielder. I don't know. But he's likely not going to be an option for opening day. But keep an eye out for him later on in 2023 because. He's got some tools. I'm intrigued by Michael Goldberg there. Uh, If we look a little bit further down the line, Lawrence Butler, who has just been raking in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, He had another home run on Wednesday, so go go check out the Locked On Ace Twitter feed because it's there. He he is literally burning the Arizona Fall League to the ground with his bat. It's amazing. But he could be a a great long-term solution to right field. Uh, Butler was drafted in the sixth round of 2018, but he's still just 22 years old. In Lansing this season, he hit 270 with a 357 on base and an 825 OPS. He should probably, he's probably going to start the season in Midland is my guess in 2023 because he's been solid. Nothing's holding him back. He's in the Arizona fall league. He's getting challenged in the Arizona fall league. So, and he's excelling. So why not move him up to the next level to start next season? That, that just makes sense. Uh, so outside of Loreano, Capel and uh, and the smattering of outfielders that we saw in 2022, uh, there aren't a lot of options within the organization that could be challenging those guys. Uh, I would expect a depth option to be brought in on a minor league deal this offseason, and maybe you know maybe that's the challenger. But I think it's Connor Capel, and I think that if you're an A's fan or the A's front office, you feel okay about that because of what he showed us in the last couple of weeks of this season. Granted, it's a small sample size. You can't build too much off of that and expect too much off of that, but I think that he may have earned the right to see what he can do come the beginning of next regular season. Not not spring training, next regular season. So uh, I, I like to see how that plays out. But coming up, we're talking about some trade targets, free agent targets, whatever you want to call them. We're, we're talking about some additions that the A's could make around the diamond uh, to maybe p- potentially bring in a veteran that could also boost their offensive production as a team. We're talking about that next. Built Bar Puffs have a new flavor and it is absolutely delicious, but what would you expect from Built? They're amazing. They do it all the time. This flavor is delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate and it is absolutely one of my favorite offerings that Built has in their arsenal because cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough, which I will do regardless of what the doctor says, without the hassle of making cookie dough, plus it's healthy for you because cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar by going to Built.com and using promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. 
Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. You guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far. Please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. We're available on all of them and we're also available on YouTube. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, give us some comments, I guess. Uh, nice things, please. I read those. <laughs> and also make sure to follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm by Jason B on Twitter. And there is a new A's site coming from Sports Illustrated. It's called Inside the A's. Follow Inside the A's on Twitter as well. But let's delve into a couple of more names that the A's could be not bringing in necessarily, but that I would like to, that I would consider bringing in if I was the ace. Let's phrase it that way. Uh, honestly, third base and right field are the only potential question marks on the on the roster as far as I'm concerned. And I'll go over the opening day roster before too long here. But the rest of the spots around the diamond, it feels like there are guys there that are due to take a step forward in 2023 from Nick Allen at short to Dermis Garcia at first to Jordan Diaz at second or wherever the heck they want to play him. Uh, there are guys with talent that need some extra time to show you what they can do. And I, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a ton of openings like there were heading into 2022. So with that in mind, I'm going to look at a couple of interesting guys from 2020 from the 2024 free agent class. So players that would be under contract for just next season with the, the intent being basically you see what they can do for a half a season, then you trade them. And then hopefully what you bring back is more valuable or uh, more of what you're looking for than what you gave up to get those guys. And, you know, it's uh, it's like trading stocks. That's basically what it is. As, well, as, as far as I understand, it's like trading stocks. <laughs> so the first guy, and I'm not sure that he'd be available because he's basically the, the main source of offense for this team. But uh, and, and it would also cost the A's a little bit in terms of prospect capital. But I also think that he could bring back more in a potential trade at the trade deadline than the A's would give up uh, to get him, and that player is C.J. Crone. Uh, C.J. Cron? I'm going to go with Crone. I like Crone. Um, he has been well above league average at the dish since 2018 and has hit 30, 25, 28, and 29 home runs in each of his last four full seasons, and you, you could say, oh, but he plays in Colorado. Uh, not, not the entire time, no. In, in those seasons, he's played in Tampa and Minnesota and Detroit and Colorado. So, yeah, he's he's been hitting them out of basically anywhere. And Detroit is not an easy place to have power numbers. And he did. He had the power numbers in Detroit. And so that would make the Coliseum uh, fine. It wouldn't be that bad. Uh, the reason that I target him, even though he's a first baseman and the A's would have to figure out something uh, with the playing time between him and Dermis Garcia is because his dad is one of the A's hitting coaches. And I feel like putting those two together could lead to an even bigger season than we've been seeing from CJ Crone in, in years past. And I, I, I don't know that, I, I mean, I assume that they get along and that uh, his dad taught him a lot of things and has built him into the major leaguer that he is now. But uh, yeah, I think that would be one heck of a duo to have on your roster is CJ Crone and his dad, uh, both under contract, having John Fisher write both of them checks every month. That, that'd be great. Uh, he's going to be 33 years old in 2023, and he's going to be owed $7.25 million. But if the A's ended up moving him at the deadline, it'd probably be roughly like $5 million that they'd end up owing him uh, before, you know, the other team took on the other $2.5 million. Uh, but 
they can afford either total because they have zero money committed for next season. So they can afford 7.25 and they could probably afford a few 7.25s. Uh, but I think that it would be well worth the risk to bring him in and even pay him that money and also the prospect capital that it would take to land him. But moving on to my second player, and this is because the A's were pretty heavy on reunions in 2022. Uh, that, that means that there is going to be one more player that has a mutual option for 2023, and I'm not sure that the, the team is going to pick it up for this guy. Uh, he, so he could be a, a free agent on the free agent market for the A's to just go sign to a, a deal. And that player is Joey Wendell, who just so happens to play third base, an area of need for the A's this winter. Uh, I, I saw him in the 2020 playoffs playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. I was rooting very hard for the Tampa Bay Rays, and he was just picking balls left and right. That guy can play some th some third base, and he's got a decent bat too, so he'd be a, a solid signing for the Oakland A's, and I know that Machine and Kevin Smith are decent options, but bringing in a guy like Joey Wendell that has postseason experience and beyond that, World Series experience is the type of veteran presence that this club could use next season. Both guys are a little bit of wishful thinking, and I get that, but Guys like Crone and Wendell are what I'd be looking for. The guys like that, at the very least, if not those specific guys, are guys that I'd be looking for if I was the, the A's for an office, uh, depending on what the cost of acquisition is. That, that's where my head is currently, and I'm pretty sure that's what they'd be thinking as well. I know that the media likes to say that, uh, you know, the A's just like to slash money left and right and uh, everybody's going to be traded and DFA'd, but they have to have some sort of a payroll. They're, they're going to have to get up to like $40 million somehow. So somebody's going to have to make the money. And, uh, you know, even if they have a lot of guys making the major league minimum, the minimum is still below a million dollars. It's like 800000 now. So uh, somebody's got to be making multiple millions of dollars. And uh, why not one of these guys or why not a guy like this who brings something like that that could be a nice addition to the A's and the A's offense and be their veteran presence like a Steven Vogt was this year, like Jed Lowry was for a little bit this year. Why not have somebody like that for the 2023 squad to get things going? That, that That's my thought process here. And honestly, I'm more excited to see what the A's do this offseason and the guys that they're going to start bringing in on minor league deals. I'm more excited about that than I am uh, who's going to win the World Series. I'm basically like, not the Astros, end of list, go everybody, not, maybe not the Yankees either, but go everybody else. Who, which minor league free agent are the A's going to sign? That's that's the info that I want. <laughs> but anyways, I'm losing it. Uh, thank you guys so much for making the Locked On A's your first listen today. Now, go make your second listen, the Locked On MLB podcast, because baseball expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB. It's on the Odyssey app. It's on YouTube. It's wherever you get your podcast uh, wherever you're listening to this go find locked on mlb it's a great show paul francis sullivan sully as people call him uh he does a great job so tell him he's handsome have a great time with that but that's all that i got for you guys today thank you again for listening um Make sure to follow Inside the A's on Twitter. Follow Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B. That's all that I got for you guys today. So until tomorrow, when we're going to be talking about Sean Murphy and uh, 
how, how good he was in this this uh, past season and also what he could improve on for 2023. That's what's coming up for you guys tomorrow, but that's all that I got for you guys today. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Ace fans, and I will talk at you tomorrow. <laughs>